This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, welcome to Behold. Welcome back, listener. Uh, this is Sean, and I am, this is really exciting for me to say, I'm looking at my friend Dan in the face, not through a computer screen. Oh, yeah. How do I look? You're looking good. How do I look? You look gorgeous, as always, Dan. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank of you. course, we are six feet apart and all of that good stuff, but nonetheless, it is exciting to be able to do this um, together. And also, just those of you who are listening, whenever we do these things and record these, we always kind of picture that, that we're with you guys. We're, you're in the room with us, or we're in your cars, or whatever. So we just want to say thanks, everybody, for, for, for seeing this as a valuable use of your time, and we hope that we honor that and that it's encouraging for you and equipping and uplifting and, and all those good things. That said, we, on Sunday, if you're tracking with us, we just started our Together teaching series, and we are so excited about this. We think that this idea of relationships and togetherness is just so fitting for the year of 2020. I know we're mm-hmm. all going through a lot. And so we're really excited. And Gary Darnell on Sunday started us off by looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And it's interesting because if you think about this idea of together and unity, that might not seem like the first place you would start, at least in my own mind. But actually it's so fitting because Gary launched us by looking at this idea of spiritual gifts and and specifically how people have different gifts. God's gifted us all differently. And what it all comes down to is that and this is what Gary would say, that God gifts each of us in unique and beautiful ways, but not for our just enjoyment, not just for us to have those gifts, but in order for us to use those gifts to influence others and to do life in a relational way. So I really appreciated everything that Gary said. So Dan, as you were listening on Sunday, what are some things that stuck out with you regarding giftings and just relationships in that context? Right off the bat, the first thing that that came to mind was just how how freedom producing all of this is and and Gary just did a great job of just walking through and explaining to us from the text that it is our father in heaven who determines uh you know by the spirit how we are gifted and to what extent and to what degree and and furthermore he he's the one that produces the effect of that service you know so there's a variety of gifts. There's a variety of activities or service opportunities. And then the effect happens, you know, as God works those things, you know, through us. And what I love about that is, you know, first of all, there there's a humility in that. And Gary, you know, explain that from, you know, from verse four, just talking about the Lord as the source of all of this. And so for, for me, just to be reminded that, there's nothing good that I bring to the table. Like if I'm going to have an effect in someone's life, if I'm going to be uh, useful in the church, you know, or if I'm going to make an impact in the world, it's not because of me. It's because of what God's done, he, what he's put in me and how he's working through me. So Amen. yeah, there's a humility there that, that is very important, but then that humility leads to confidence because we're able to, to serve um, people, you know, out of, out of our gifts and we're not really concerned, um, primarily with the outcome or the response or how it's being received, what fruit is, is happening. That's up to the Lord. And so 
there is a there is a, just a degree of freedom, uh, you know. As I think even about our role as worship leaders, man, we um, we put a lot into what we do, and and I can you know think of pre COVID when we're in a crowd of people, and and you know maybe it's a it's it's this really powerful poignant you know part in this song. Wow, that was an alliteration, a powerful poignant <laughs> part of a song. And, and, you know, we, we're just like really into it and we're totally, you know, feeling the presence of God and, you know, just this, this like response is coming out. And then we look out in the crowd and it's like, you know, crickets out there, you know, there, no one's moving. That's never happened before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the temptation there is to get frustrated or to, to maybe reach outside of, of, of what our role is to like manipulate or coerce or, um, you know, kind of, uh, guilt people into the response that we want to see. Um, but when we, when we think about it in terms of our gifting, you know, like God has gifted us uniquely, um, whether it's a, a leadership gift or a service gift or, um, you know, just a, uh, a, a hospitality gift, whatever. And it's easy for us to get preoccupied with the response, and so a passage like this is just so freeing just to say, you know, the response is not up to me. That's God's work. He's going to produce what he's going to produce in people. I can leave the effects up to him and I'm just going to serve and be faithful. And so that's kind of the first thing I took away from Sunday is just like a sense of freedom. And that is so true for us. Just that, that mindset and just that, that state of heart. I mean, you know me, Dan, and I'm just not someone who like loves being in front of people. Like I don't love the spotlight, um, yeah. but it's just so funny that get God chose my particular giftings otherwise. And so, yeah, like you said, when we're doing what we do, uh, it's just such a healthy reminder that we don't need to be thinking about those things. We can just be putting it all and trust in the Lord. Hey, you would not have put me here yeah. if this wasn't what I'm doing. You wouldn't have gifted me in this way. You wouldn't have opened these doors and so freeing in that way. Um, because absolutely, I'm with you. It's the temptations there, like really Satan's temptation is there to get hung up on the wrong things. And of course, like some of those things are good things. You know, people responding in worship. Of course, that's amazing. We, we want to see that. We want to pray and ask for God to, to 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 spur that on. But but we can't we can't make it happen. Of course, it was like anything else. Like an evangelism dude, he wants to see souls saved, but he's right. not going to like have a tally marker there and use that as his judge for his effectiveness. You know and in the same way, yeah, we're reminded of that too. Um, man, so with that idea of like giftings, and this is actually kind of a fitting transition because speaking of worship and speaking of response, yeah. you know, one of the things that you and I talk a lot about, Dan, and some of the other pastors is just the idea of of the response during worship. And like mm-hmm. we said, that's not that's never the the motivation and the goal. But it's just something that we see. And of course, if we're shepherds, we're going to be looking at what the sheep are doing and responding accordingly. And so as we look at VBC, we're constantly thinking, man, do we feel like we're doing what we need to be doing as shepherds to give people freedom to worship, to ensure that they're worshiping in a, in a biblically grounded way, that it's grounded in truth and scripture um, and all those good things. But also one of those things that we see that sometimes concerning is, oh man, people maybe they're not responding or maybe they don't have some of those outward responses that you see in other churches, Um, particularly, you know, certain charismatic churches, you see things that uh, are powerful and people respond to those differently. Obviously we're getting into the dicey zone here. 
Um, some <laughs> people look at those things and they say, hallelujah, that's what heaven's going to look like, hands down. Other people look at those churches and they say, wow, that is chaos. That's not what Paul said should happen in a church, yada, yada. But the reality is, is that there's gifts that that God has given to us, as we looked at in 1 Corinthians 12, um, and there's different ways that he intended those different gifts to be used. So do you want to touch on that with some of those gifts? Absolutely. So I love how Gary talked about them. You know, they're in this list of gifts that Paul gives us in, in chapter 12, there are ones that we would maybe consider are, are more, more flashy, right? So, um, you know, the, they're kind of often referred to as like revelatory gifts or the signs and wonders gifts, um, you know, speaking in tongues, uh, prophecy here, you know, healing miracles, things like that. And, I really like how Gary talked about, um, you know, one of the reasons why Paul is bringing this up is because in Corinth at the time, they were elevating those gifts to a place that was uh, inappropriate and a place that was was not according to God's design. And so um, as we, as we, and, and it's so interesting, you know, I was thinking about this conversation just uh, it's so it's such a weird time in church history to be having this conversation because we don't more <laughs> we don't know what's happening out there. You know, we're just we're doing what we do like to a, to a lights and camera and and we're just putting it out into the universe on the internet and and we don't even know what effects are happening. Um, and whatever our gifts are, um, you know, we have to think more creatively and with more determination during this COVID season than we've ever had to, I think, you know, to find ways to express those gifts. So mm. I think it's kind of an interesting like moment in history to have this conversation, but I really, it was really helpful for me how Gary put it is like, you know, these, these gifts that we, th we think of as, as really like, wow, kinds of gifts, they, uh, you know, Paul is, is, is encouraging us to, to, to not think of them, um, the temptation is to elevate them and, and Paul is, is, is pulling us back. He's, he's saying, you know, um, not that these things don't happen, not that these things aren't available for us, but they are, um, not what we should first and foremost be going after. And, um, I heard this, this really good, um, sermon this week, um, from John Piper and, um, maybe we'll link to it on the show notes and it's just a great, it's a great argument um, kind of addressing what a cessationist might say about a text like first Corinthians 12. And for those of you that don't know um, what a cessationist, there's essentially two camps as it pertains to spiritual gifts. Um, you know, some people take the theological perspective that um, what we see with Jesus and his apostles in terms of signs and wonders and all the miraculous things that happened in the, in in their ministry and in in the first century church, those things were were given to Jesus and the apostles and to the church. And that there's there's a normative, uh, timeless you know um, expectation there, and and so that's the continuationist argument that that everything that we see in the first century church has continued up into modern day. And then there's on the other side, there's the cessationist argument that says, no, those those things were just for a certain time in a certain place to authenticate 
and establish the the, the church in the mm-hmm. first century. And those more flashy gifts that that we 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 touched on on Sunday, they've actually ceased. Um, and so that's the cessationist argument. Did you know? So I'll ask you: Do, do you think does VBC take a stance either way? Do we say, "Hey, we're cessationist," or "Hey, we're continuationist"? Yeah, if you um, if you attend VBC, and if you've ever heard on a Sunday morning a teaching that points to either one of those, let us know because I do not believe that we take a stance on that. And if you go online, go to our about us, go to our doctrines that we list, and those are all the things that are essential for us as a church. We, there's no give on them. You'll see that this particular topic of cessationism regarding gifts or not it is not one of those issues. It's not one of the things that we take a stance on. However, at the same time, even though we say that, oh, we don't take a stance on it. If you do life at VBC and you look around, you will find that we definitely lean towards that end of the argument um, and not in a way of doctrine or teaching, but just more of a cultural thing. We yeah. don't we don't often talk about some of these giftings. We don't often uh, demonstrate these kinds of things. So to answer your question, no, there's no official elder stance on this. However, yeah. I think culturally uh, our church is one that leans towards uh, no on that. Yeah. So so back to the John Piper, um, you know, so so he basically was making an argument. It's really, really a, a good argument. I, I'm not going to, you know, rehash it all here, but if you're interested, go check it out. But what I really like how he ended the the time is, I mean, essentially he 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 makes the stance that um, that there there is a continuation of those gifts, even those flashy signs and wonders gifts. That those things are still available for us. Now, there, hear me on this: there, it's up to the Holy Spirit's discretion. And it's up to the father's the father's leading in in each individual local church. So you're telling me it's <laughs> not like a have this much faith and you can do this many gifts kind of thing. No, no. So the, it's definitely wow. um, it's. I mean, that's one of the key things of this passage is that it is directed by by the father. You know, through the Holy Spirit working. So really important there. But so he makes this this uh, he kind of lands the plane on this, and I think it's so important for us to to think about as we as we wrestle with what we believe about you know the gifts of the Spirit. And he talks uh, he 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 brings us to the end of chapter twelve, which which really sets up chapter thirteen. And Gary did a great job of talking about this um, in thirty one. It says, "Earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a more excellent way." Mm. And that is a is is a precursor to chapter 13, which, which talks all about love. Like, what is this agape love? What is this, this kind of love that reflects the father's nature? And, um, for us, what I, what I would love to see us is, is to develop that gift first and foremost, because the, the miracle of, of compassion and empathy and love and the miracle that, that moves us to enter into somebody's uh, suffering or just to help them carry their burden, really that is the greater miracle than a healing, let's say. And so really the the desire for a healing that's based on love really comes first. And then by God's grace and, and according to the spirit, then comes the miracle of healing. Mm-hmm. And we've seen this happen in our, in our church. And, and one of the things that maybe we need to do a better job of is, is to put that out in front of the church, you know, yeah. where, where it's like, man, we prayed for this and God came through and he answered miraculously. 
and the doctors are, are bewildered, you know? Um, and so I think it's so important for us to not conflate these flashy gifts like healing or, or speaking in tongues or, um, prophecy. Um, you know, we don't want to make too big of a deal of those, um, cause love is the big deal. And, um, you know, our, our job is to, is to love each other, um, and build each other up in love and for the world to see that and, and, and know who God is. And so we don't need to perform miracles to love. Uh, you know, the love is, or the miracle is the, the love. Does that make sense? Love is the miracle. That's what I was going to say. Just, (laughs) uh, you know, people talk so much about the miracle of healing, the miracle of speaking tongues, the miracle of prophecy, but you'll find at VBC that while we're not taking hard stances on those things, the one thing you will definitely hear on almost any single time we meet together is the miracle of Jesus Christ giving us freedom and access to the Holy spirit through his sacrifice. And that's the, on, on Sunday we wrapped up with verse 11 which is just that, that all these are empowered by the one in the Holy Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills, not as we want, not as people say we need to do, yeah. but as the Holy Spirit wills. And again, the real miracle here is that we even have access and, and, and have this freedom of the Holy Spirit because of Jesus. That's the miracle. Totally. And, and you know what's interesting is um, if you look at the NASB translation, um, when, when, when Paul is, is, is giving those, those lists of, of the variety of gifts, um, it's translated gifts of healings. So it's, it's like hmm. plural, right? Um, there, so there's this various kinds for various circumstances and the Holy spirit is free to breathe on us in any way at any time for whatever reason he wants to. It's not a formula. It's not mechanical. I mean, you can even just think about Paul. Like he, he prayed, multiple times for God to, to remove the thorn in his flesh. Mm-hmm. He couldn't, he couldn't heal himself, you know? Um, or, or even like his, his, um, you know, his, his, uh, disciple, uh, Timothy, he, he, he told him to, you know, he take, take wine to, for, to treat your stomach. He had some kind of gastrointestinal thing and he couldn't heal his buddy Timothy. So, so, but then there's all these other, you know, examples of, of, of Paul coming through and healing. And, and so it's just so important. It's not, up to Paul, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's up to the Holy spirit and h- how he leads. And, um, you know, I think it's really important. It, 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 it kind of points to this, this reality that, that love is to be our aim. Mm. And, and so that's, you know, when we consider that, um, when we consider the gifts in light of that, it really makes it, it kind of has it make sense for us in terms of, why did we start our together series in this passage? Because it's it's all about exercising these gifts in the context of the local church, so that we can love each other, and then so the world can see it and 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 come to faith. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like you said, when when that is the goal, when that greatest commandment of loving is that main focus, there's just that certain humility that underlines all these other giftings that we're talking about. Yeah. And I so appreciate, like you said, with with the Piper thing of how. We're leading in to 1 Corinthians 13, which is obviously all about love. And the, the, he talks about the, the way of love. And that reminds me of somewhere else in scripture, which is Ephesians 5, which is talking all about walking in love. Um, and the same kind of thing of just what is this life supposed to look like now with, with this, this freed up, empowered life by the Holy Spirit? And in Ephesians 5, talking about walking in love, he talks about a specific type of relationship. We're going to go on a little left turn here. Um 
and it's marriage. He talks about marriage mm. being this this opportunity to demonstrate love and also through it better understand God's love for us. Yeah. And I, I bring this up because, as you know, Dan, um, this Saturday coming up on September 12th, this Saturday is marriage night, the marriage night conference, and we're so excited about it at oh, VBC. Juiced. Juiced. Jacked. jacked. If you will, and Dan, I understand that you had a fun conversation with one of our uh, one of our own regarding marriage and marriage night. Is that true? Absolutely, and and you know one one of the things too. You know, we're going to play that interview in a second, and and I think it'll be an encouragement to all all of us. But you know, one of the things that that I love about marriage is it gives us this unique opportunity to to flesh out love. You know, to reflect. God's nature and his character. And, you know, if you're, if you're listening and you're someone who's like, man, I wish VBC was, um, I wish we saw more of, of these, these revelatory, like signs and wonders gifts being exercised. You know, maybe, maybe you're like, I feel like I have the gift of prophecy, but, but I don't know. I don't see that happening. I don't, I don't see a place for me to use that. Um, you know, one thing just to, to encourage us all is to to grow in our understanding of love, and and not that not that marriage is the only way to do that, but but if you're a single person and maybe you're you're um you have you have like a, a prospect of, of of marriage or maybe you don't, God has given you uh, a front row seat to many other marriages in in the church, and can you learn about love by watching? a husband and wife, a godly husband and wife live out their marriage. Can you? Absolutely. And so as we, uh, you know, encourage you with this marriage night, we, we just want to say like, yes, this is for married couples. Yes. This is for engaged couples or people that are, that are thinking about getting engaged, but there, there is something to be learned for everybody. So even if you're not married, even if you're not in a relationship, you know, consider going to this marriage night. Fair. Uh, absolutely. And I just want to say on that note, um, you know, I, I know a lot of people listening are probably single and not married and that can be a really hard subject for people, you know, sure. especially those who are desiring marriage and all that kind of stuff within the church community. I know it's hard for people. They're looking around, everyone's getting married, having babies left and right. Um, and so definitely the temptation is there to, to want to act somehow. You know, and even in positive ways, like, oh, I want to be better equipped for marriage when that comes. So let me let me date around and, and get experience and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, I, right now I'm reading through a book called Family Driven Faith yeah. by Vody Bauckham. That's a good one. Love the guy. And in it, he talks about his his views regarding dating with his daughters, you know, and I really appreciate what he says about it. He says that modern American dating is no more than glorified divorce practice. Young people are learning how to give themselves away in exclusive, romantic, highly committed, and oftentimes sexual relationships only to break up, be hurt, and then do it all over again, which is so true. And so I just say that to all that to say, mm. if you're in that boat and you're not married but you would like to be or even just some sometime in the far distant future you would like to be, I just want to echo what you just said, Dan, that, that the, the way to prepare for marriage and to learn how to be a better husband or wife is not it does not have to be dating it does not have to be dating prematurely before yeah. you're ready it's by doing things like this going to marriage night receiving equipping from god's word 
hearing wisdom from people who what, are, are what is god's married. design for marriage you know exactly. what yeah so 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 i think that's so great and so so let's go ahead and listen um to this interview that we did earlier this week and then we'll come back on the other side and share a little bit from uh each of our marriages so uh, let's cut to that now well hello everybody dan here and i'm sitting down with the one and only connie johnson Super excited to have you in studio today, Connie, just to talk a little bit about what's happening in your life and what's happening in the life of our church. And it's just such a blessing to to see you. I gotta say, I miss I miss your cooking. You know, oh. I was thinking about that as as a uh, as I was, you know, texting you and, and scheduling you to come in. I just was like, man, I miss I miss a I need like a good old fashioned Connie meal. So if we can work that out some, yeah. somehow in the next couple of weeks. That's funny. Well, we used to do the staff retreat every year, I right? Know. And we didn't do it this year, which does feel like a little something's off. Yes. And, there's um... a hole in my heart and in my stomach. <laughs> from oh, that. Dan. Yeah, I know. You're funny. Well, Connie, it's great to have you. And, you know, before we get into our conversation today, why don't you just share with everybody what the last few months has looked like for you and your family how are you guys sheltering in place and how are you holding up in general with all the madness of 2020? Yeah, you know, um, it was so surreal when COVID first hit and we were all sort of, it, it felt like we were on a big camping trip or something. We all had to like pull in and go buy groceries and all this stuff. And um, things have definitely kind of come down from that heightened sense of like, oh no, we need to like lock all the doors and shut all the shades, <laughs> exactly, you know, yeah. to like, okay, we can kind of go to the stores and we can like have some people in the backyard or whatever. Right, right. So um, it's been really wonderful for our family. Lots of great things have come out um, in relationships, lots of things that probably needed to come out for working on relationships. Just God just does wonderful things even in the midst of crazy times. And uh, it was fun to have uh, COVID and quarantine when um, Laura and Stephen were engaged because uh, Stephen was over a lot. Okay, I filled his belly a lot actually <laughs> during nice, that time. Nice. And he, he came over a lot and we just hung out as a family. We played a lot of Settlers of Catan. I don't know if you're a oh, fan. Oh man, nerd alert. Nerd <laughs> alert. So we, um, yeah, we, we like that game a lot. Um, it's fun. And yeah, we've actually, you know, we've been playing that since I think like, I don't know, the kids were like three and four. I mean, we have a little record book. That's cool. Of like who's uh, won when yes, and stuff like yes, that. Yes, and I it. haven't won very often. But anyway, yeah, so it's been good and it's, we're surviving and um, yeah, God's doing wonderful things in our family. Praise God. Love it. Well, we wanted to talk a little bit about this upcoming marriage night that's happening um, on Saturday, September 12th. And I know that for you, you know, and, and your women's ministry team and for Gary and his, his men's ministry team, this is something that's been on your heart for a long time. And you guys have been looking at doing something like this and, and planning it for, for a long time. And so I just thought it'd be cool if you shared with everybody what, why are you doing it? You mm -hmm. know, why, why now? Why this? And, and just kind of what's the heart behind doing this marriage night? Okay. Yeah. So when I first came on board for women's ministries, the elders mentioned to me at that time, um, oh, it'd be so great if you guys, you know, collaborated with men's ministry and did like a marriage conference. And of course I was like, okay, we could totally do that. And 
the vision was, of course, to do it in person with food, right. you know, like a date night kind of thing. Um, so it was always in the back of our minds. And recently, Tim Barley sent us a forwarded us this email about this marriage night. And so Gary and I looked at it and we were like, yeah, let's do, let's do this. Even in the midst of COVID, we can we can somehow make it work. Of course, yeah. now, when we first signed up for it back in, you know, April or something, we weren't necessarily thinking it was going to be all virtual. But this is where we are, and God can still do it. And so we no food involved. Well, I mean, you can have food while you're watching it. I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get some good food. But you know, there's of course you guys. Anybody can go on YouTube or go on wonderful websites and get uh, probably videos and audios of encouraging messages about marriages. But there's something really special about coming together as a body, as a church family, and doing this together. And it's super exciting because um, as of this morning, we've had, we have over 100 people signed up. So Wow, that's so, that's so encouraging. And I think you're right just about, you know, even though we're, we're, we're spread out and we're doing things virtually as a church, there really is something, and I believe it's a grace of God, it's, it's a supernatural like favor and blessing from God that you know, when we, when we kind of are all together on the same page, going, going after the same thing, whether it's, you know, studying the book of Romans or it's gathering together for a night of praise and, and prayer, you know, at extol or, or different things that student ministries or children's ministry has done, even though we're, we're apart, when we're all going through the same stuff together online, I have sensed, and I don't know if you have, but I've sensed just a, a unifying connection, and 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 I just attribute that to just God's grace, you know, during this weird season. Totally, I I feel like somebody was saying to me recently, um, you know, worshiping just at home online did seem a little difficult, but then when they thought about like around the whole world during this hour or these hours on Sunday morning, everybody who belonged to the family of God, or you know, a lot of I, I mean, obviously some people can't tune in right then, but right. not just our faith family, but the faith family of the world yes. is also tuning in, and there's and we're all worshiping God together. There's something really special and beautiful about that. So that's what I'm hoping that Marriage Night will be. We're all talking about the same thing together. We're all listening to, to the same thing together, and um, and we're, we're hoping to do um, little facilitator groups um, on, on the 12th, and so we'll have maybe four couples um, in a breakout room in Zoom together watching. I mean, we'll all be watching it together, but you'll have your little mini group. I love group. it. I love it. Now, one of the things that I have just been thinking about in preparation for this marriage night is just, you know, in prayer, just thinking and praying about what what do I anticipate God to do in my marriage? And so I'm just, I want to hear from you. What what are you hoping and praying for and expecting God to do in in the marriages at VBC? Is there something that, like a burden God's put on your heart that you're like, I want to I want to see Him do this? Yeah. Well, you know, I as you know, I talk to a lot of women, um, a lot from Valley Bible Church, but also beyond it, and um, definitely marriages are hard, and some are really struggling. And I mean, my own marriage is hard, and I think when we come together. And acknowledge that it's hard. It's a lot of work. I mean, Dan, you've been married 
12 years. 12 years. Yeah. I mean, that's that's significant. And so you know you. it takes work. <laughs> okay, we're, we're talking about Sean, and we, we're like, well, maybe he's been married. I don't know. He's kind of a rookie. Like, <laughs> he's a rookie marriage. A lot less than me. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Walt and I just celebrated our 30th, actually. Wow. Um, so we've been married a while. And, you know, um, I was talking to a really good friend of mine. We actually met when we were 18 at Westmont College, and she, we were on the phone talking about our marriages, and she was saying that and she had a great uh, analogy that marriage is like, a house plant that you have to take care of. You have to, um, you can't go away for like a month and not water it, right? It, it'll be crispy and dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, so it needs a constant pruning. It needs like a little bit of food sometimes. It needs water. It needs um, certain sunlight, sunlight yeah. you know, no draft and all this stuff. So um, kind of like a, a plant that needs some nourishing and some care on it daily basis. I mean, that's like our marriage. Our marriages need attention. We, it, does, it does not go on autopilot. And um, I mean, it's funny because I, when I was thinking about this analogy, I know a person, I won't name his name, but <laughs> he, tell, he told me, I would go like, how come your plants look so good? He's like, well, if it starts to look bad, I just go take it back and get another one. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's that's one way of doing it. Okay, that's not a, that's where the analogy breaks down a little yeah, bit. Exactly, so don't, exactly. no, we're not taking back our husbands or wives. But, um, you know, just that idea of, like, we need to focus on the marriage more often than we think. We like to go on autopilot. And I, what I really hope, really and pray for the marriage night is that we can um, come away with like one or two things that we can do differently or we can do better yeah. in our marriage. And it's just fun to like sit and and with other believers, other family members of Valley and watch the same thing, laugh at the same thing. You know, we can connect. Like we all have similar problems, you know. And That's it's for sure. Fun to, to, it's, it's encouraging to hear that. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, my wife, Emily, is a crazy houseplant lady you know she she goes nuts on the houseplants you know i i our house is a little bit of a jungle right now and it, I, <laughs> I love that i love it it's beautiful yeah but here's another analogy too just to kind of go along with that that same mentality with regards to you know tending to our our marriage and and checking in on it from time to time you know i was just thinking about like when you you know when you go sailing or you know when you set out on on a trip you know you have a heading you know, it's like this is this is this is our destination, and um, when you get off track, if, if you're paying attention, if you're dialed in to that heading, then you can make these little course corrections yeah. all throughout your journey. Excellent, right? But if you if you either don't have a heading or you're not paying attention mm. to the heading, mm -hmm. you're asleep at the wheel. Mm. Well, the, before you know, it, you know, you're going to get a little bit off each day. And before you know it, you're, you're shipwrecked, you know, you're crashed in, in the rocks. And I do think that happens to a lot of marriages where they're like, how did we end up way over here? And, and it, it's a shock at that moment. But if, if they went back and looked, well, we just haven't been course correcting. And so maybe that's another way to just think about this marriage night as an opportunity for you and your marriage to, to course correct. And maybe you are way off of course. Well, it's an opportunity for that as well. And I know even, uh, there's a handful of single folks and, uh, you know, dating couples or couples that are engaged that are going to be attending as well. Mm -hmm. And so this is something really that anybody in our church family could could benefit from. Mm -hmm. um, for, and, and they can still sign up, right? Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Please sign up. Um, did you think of that analogy right now? I did. Wow. <laughs> 
impressive. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, no, I love that. That I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Uh, I don't know if it's a book. It's probably a book, but it's called like the two degree difference, and it's it's that it talks about exactly that, which is wow. like there's this like. And, and so when I talk about um, life changes with ladies, you know, sometimes I just say, don't try to change everything wow. suddenly. Just do a little two-degree change because because in t- over time, that two degrees of whatever you're doing differently, like, you know, it can make a humongous difference wow. at the end of the line, right? So yeah. I, I love that analogy, and that's a brilliant analogy. I kind of like it better than the plan analogy. Uh, well. Sorry, Susie. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's um. <laughs> great. It's great. So, so we just want to encourage all of you. You know, it's not too late. Uh, he- head on over to VBC online. You can register there, and just just ma- do whatever you can. Cancel whatever you have, whatever obstacle you have in the way. Just get over it and just be there. We're really believing God for uh, a great time. So, mm-hmm. Connie, thank you so much for for joining us. And actually, before I let you go, since this is the Behold podcast. What's one way that you have just been beholding the glory of God uh, in in your life with Him and your pursuit of Him? What's something you can just encourage us with that God is using to transform your your life during this season? Mm. Well, I I'm a huge huge proponent of memorizing verses and specifically passages because I think to seeing it in context is so beautiful. So I have been memorizing and meditating on Colossians 1 and Colossians 2 and there's a concept in 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 those two chapters that really um that they it, Paul repeats himself a little bit in Colossians 2 it says that um that as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. So that idea of being, like, we received Christ Jesus, but we have to continue to be rooted in him and established wow. in him. And um, and and it always asks, he always adds with thanksgiving. So whatever situation that we're in, you know, we have things to be thankful for, no matter how hard and how difficult. And I feel like just memorizing scripture helps you to really stop and look at each word and, and say, why is that word there? And it's um, just so encouraging. I can't think of a, a, a more profound discipline um, that helps me walk closer to the Lord and behold him. Wow. That's really great. Thanks for sharing, Connie. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks just for you know giving us your time and really excited to, to uh, be together with you, air quotes, on <laughs> Saturday for the marriage night and to see all of you there as well. So um, go ahead and sign up for that, and and we'll see you there. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Bye. Man, Connie, thank you so much for just sharing um, from your own life and your excitement over Marriage Night with us. I just got to say, I I don't know about you out there, listener, but I feel like I need like a five-minute daily dose of Connie in my life, like a daily five-minute Connie podcast, because so encouraging. So um, yeah, I just feel juice. I feel empowered, and I feel ready to go for Marriage Night. Um, and I'm really excited. Dan, you and I are going. We're both really pumped. So just thinking about that, like we're both married. You've been married for what, 12 years now? Yes, 12 years. Dang, I'm yeah. half that. Six years. See, that's how it'll. That's how I'll remember. Is is your half of what what I what I your half as good as me? That's how I'll remember. Well, that's always true. <laughs> just I mean, not to get all Asian with you, but the math only works for this year, and then it's not going to work next year. Uh, so I don't okay, know. Okay. Well. Anyways, it's I can ballpark it each year. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, halfway. Something exactly. Like that. Uh, but anyways, with you and Emily, um, you know, you guys are our best friends and we know you guys a lot and we, we see your marriage a lot. And so I could probably answer for you a little bit. Mm. But 
what are ways that you are excited for um, your own marriage to grow or just be refreshed or renewed um, come Saturday? Yeah, so one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is, um, you know, just just learning about ways that we can have more of a of a I don't know this is gonna sound weird, but like have more of a of a spiritual connection, you know, because Emily and I are best friends. Like they're and you know, if you if you pulled her aside, she would say this this own probably exact sentence. It's like we would always choose to be around each other. We would pick each other like you know, and, and, and sorry, Sean, I love you, but I, I would always choose her to spend time with, you know, over anybody in it's my permitted. life. It's permitted. It's okay. Yeah. And so we, you know, we we're best friends. We, we communicate really well. Um, we're great, great teammates. Um, you know, just like we really support each other and help each other. And, you know, even, even in our pursuit of God and, and growing in our knowledge of God and, and, in our beholding and being transformed, you know, through God's spirit, it, it's in some ways it has been like me encouraging her individual pursuit and her encouraging my individual pursuit. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we're growing together and there's, there's a healthy um, spiritual maturity going on, but I would love to learn how to kind of like let our paths come together more, if that mm. makes sense. You know, and, and one, one goal that, that I've had is just for us to be, to pray together more, you know, which, which sounds pretty basic and, and, you know, elementary, but so powerful. And, and I think we could stand to, to learn how to do that more. And, you know, I think for me, one of the barriers is, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time like in discipleship settings, you know, where either I'm being directly poured into by someone who's further down the road than me sure. or I'm di- directly pouring into someone who I'm trying to bring up, you know, and that neither of those things really works in a marriage, you know, like we're, uh, you know, sometimes when I'm trying to encourage Emily, it comes across as like, I'm talking to, you know, like one of my interns or something, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're going into like intern mode. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, um, I understand that, that, you know, we're, we're me leading her is not with this assumption that I'm like further down the road or I'm better than, you know, it's just yeah. a role. Like I'm, I just have the role of leader, but we're equals, you know? And so I just want to learn some, some be equipped more in, in that role and, and how, how can I can encourage her so that we can kind of run together more you know, spiritually, if that makes sense. Man, the otter God, because definitely it's, there's so many things that I'm going to mirror with you with that. Mm. And I think part of that too is just in our roles. Like, right. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about just the, the life of a pastor, you know, even worship pastors like us. And you just see that cliche, like so frequently out there of, mm. um, you know, pastor who at the end of the day, just being a hypocrite, like they mm. have this face and on, on Sundays and all their different ministry contexts, they're just all in. But then in their households and their marriages, it's, it's, jerk it's inconsistent. Yeah, or yeah. even, even if they're not jerks, like it's just inconsistent. And, um, like I was on a bike ride the other day with, uh, Chris Gurgling. He was telling me about this Christian couple who they're like big bloggers. They do like marriage conferences and all that stuff. And one of the big ones, and they just got divorced. 
and all that stuff. And it's just like, man, are we, and of course that's not what I'm saying. Me and Patty are like, but I just want to be aware of that and like cognizant of it and like actively working against that way before it even becomes a thing with us because it's a cliche for a reason. Yeah. It's a cliche for a reason. There's a pitfall there. There's a pitfall. At the end of the day, like Satan hates, uh, marriage he hates that 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 helps us to to know god better he hates what we're doing and our ministry works so anything he can do to destroy that he's going to do and so right. yeah all that to say really similar to you um i just want to be more consistent about that because like you like man pretty much every single week i feel like my spiritual cup is full mm-hmm. <laughs> like i feel like i'm yeah. i'm pouring out i'm being poured into i'm like working really hard for god's kingdom and all that stuff yeah um but then if I stop and think about that, a lot of that is it's me on an individual level. Yeah. Um, and of course, Patty is going in her own ways as well. But like you said, are we doing that together? Am I really working to like intentionally like merge those two paths together? And not always. So absolutely. That's one thing that I really want to grow better at. Um, and especially, you know, like you, you, you're three kids into life. Mm-hmm. Um, we aren't. And, but still preparing for children when that time comes, we just... I'm just, I'm painfully aware of like how hard it is to break habits after the fact. You mentioned prayer. That's one of the things for me too, is like prayer is such a no brainer, but if you aren't used to praying all the time in your marriage, the years just tick by. And before you know it, it's like, it's weird. It's awkward. Yeah. And all kinds of people who are really solid Christians who go to church together all the time. Like they're, they're parts of our community and church family. They talk about prayer and they even speak of it in a way that's like, I would never pray with my wife. I would like never, that. or they, yeah. or especially in the men, they're like, it's like embarrassing. Yeah, It's yeah, like yeah. vulnerable to pray. Right, right, right. Um, and Which I, I, I get, I get all that, you know, but, but to your point, it's, it, it's never too late to start. And, and I found that as insurmountable as, as those hurdles may seem, once you start to walk in faith and say, okay, well it feels awkward and weird, but let's just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've found in my life that God is so gracious to meet you in that place and to, you know, you don't have to go at it alone. Like, and he's going to equip us for what he's called us to do. I mean, it's the same exact thing right. as the gifting thing in right. first Corinthians. Like it feels super hard and awkward, which I think a lot of times is Satan really. Yeah. Discouraging um, us. Discouraging right? and wanting to stop that. But the reality is if we understand that this is God's design for marriage and God's intentions for us, then we can be totally freed up. We don't need to be embarrassed and all those things. Um, And especially, you know, if you're in a marriage, if you're both on that same page of that same mind, then you guys know that there's no embarrassment. There's no shame. There's just grace and forgiveness and all those things. Um, So anyways, like you, that's, do you guys hear the train out there? We, it's like we've got a, a guy with a soundboard in the, in the producer studio, like doing stuff. I love it. Yeah. Boop. Uh, if, if, if you can hear that out there, uh, we're at my house in downtown Pleasanton. There's a big train. What, what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, that's one particular thing that I'm also excited about with Marriage Night, among many things, of course. Um, but yeah, we, we will see how that goes. And we're all really pumped for that. Yeah, it's not too late to sign up. I know Connie said that. We said that again. But but if you're dragging your feet, get over it and just go. Yeah, married or not married. Like we said, if you're not married, this is such a great opportunity for you to become a better spouse when that does happen. Yeah. So please join us. We're really excited to do this again together as a church family. Um, now, before we sign off today, Dan, we gave a little teaser last week for a little something something. So you want to tell us about that? Yes, we did. So we are really excited to announce that we are going to be 
releasing uh, a new Valley Bible worship song. It's a companion song to go along with our Together series. and To go together with it. <laughs> Ooh, that's very nice. That's called Synergy. Um, so, yeah, and, and you know, we, we wrote it to to really capture some of the big themes that we're going to be hitting on during this series. And f- just for us to be singing as an anthem, you know, all, all throughout this, this time that we're, we're, we're learning, you know, what is, what is the church? You know, what does it mean to be a body of believers and to do life together? And so we want to just play for you uh, a little, a little sample of it. And we wanted to just uh, encourage you to, you know, follow us on social media, Valley Bible Worship, um, and so you don't miss the release. The release will be coming in, in the next week or so, and we would love to, um, to you know, for, for this to be a song that we just, we sing all throughout this series and to help us cement in our hearts some of the things that we're going to be learning. So keep an eye out for that and enjoy this little teaser. We're going to be singing it on Sunday too, which is kind of fun. So here it is. we said, guys, we hope that you uh, keep the song close to your heart as it becomes a bit of an anthem for us in this teaching series. And like we said last week, man, maybe this can be a song that you start with. If you're not used to singing to God, not used to worshiping in your household, maybe you can just chew on this one um, to do that. And also, like Dan said, we're going to sing it together on Sunday morning and maybe even on Sunday evening. So if you missed the announcement This coming Sunday, uh, we're having an outdoor in-person service. Booyah. So we are stoked for that. We hope to see you there. Um, For that or for marriage night or for the show notes, 
all that stuff, you can go to our website to get more information. So um, thanks again, guys, for joining us. We're signing off this week, and we'll hope to uh, see you guys next week. Hasta la vista. Baby. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.